Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, it's Friday, and you know what that means. Time for another Volkswagen podcast. And this is another episode that I'm bringing you from my trip to the Netherlands that I was there in Holland at the Air Mighty Show 2023. And we got a chance to sit down with Mario Steinhauser, and he's with Type 3 Headquarters. And that's Europe's location for all your NOS OEM Type 3 stuff. He's uh, kind of a master at finding it, and his whole story of how he got into being a distributor and doing all this stuff is in this podcast. So I know you guys will dig it. It's a cool story. Uh, Mario's been in the game for a long time. And most importantly, you find out how a German dude gets named Mario. So those are some of the tidbits that are coming up for you. But before we get into that, I wanted to give some shout out. Shout out this week to Blake Hathaway. Now, Blake and his dad and his brother are in a show. Uh, they're on a, it's, it's a YouTube uh, channel that it's called Driven and Do Let the Bugs Bite is the title of the video. I'll put a link in the description down below. You guys can check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's, it, he gets interviewed by some guys about his VW, his hobby, the club that they're in and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, it really encapsulates what the VW hobby is all about and kind of how the community comes together. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, you guys will check it out and uh, go ahead and give it a follow and share and let's make this video go viral if we can, guys. Come on. That's how we got to hook it up with our homies in the VW world. If you like the podcast and you want to support, you can go to letstalkdubs.com, pick up some merch, support your favorite podcast, as well as support the sponsors that support Let's Talk Dubs. So Ross Wolf, high quality aftermarket parts built for VW people by VW people. Check out their website today at rosswolf.com. Tons of cool parts for your classic Volkswagen Next, don't forget to go check out VW Trends Magazine. Go subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. That's their website. Get loaded up. Get a subscription. They come out four times a year. High quality VW features. Tons of how-tos. Water-cooled and air-cooled in that magazine. So go check them out today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. We're also looking to add your VW book collection. Don't forget to go get a, a copy of Dub Dogs by Eric Arnold. It is a portrait study of a Volkswagen owner's best friend. So this magazine's got Volkswagens and their pe and people, people's pets in there. So these VW enthusiasts that have their dogs at the car shows, things like that. Over the past four years, Eric Arnold's been taking photographs of Volkswagens and the dogs that are with those owners. So it's a cool book. It's a high quality, glossy pages, hardback book. Make sure you go get yours. Go to Eric's website today at dubdogsbook.com. That's dubdogsbook.com. And don't forget to put the code in to get a discount. That discount code is LTD Podcast. That's right, LTD Podcast. You'll get a discount off your order when you order that Dub Dogs book. So if you're looking for another cool VW book to add to your collection and you love dogs, this is the book for you. Well, it's time to get into it this week, guys. If you like Type 3 Talk, and you want to hear how it's done on the other side of the world, Mario Steinhauser from Germany. We're going to get into it right now. So let's get into it. Type 3 headquarters with Mario on this week's Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Okay, everybody, so I'm back again with another Air Mighty show podcast. So as I'm here and meeting lots of people, I was able to go to dinner last night with uh, one of Andy's friends and the foremost type three guy here in Europe, and that is Mario Steinhauser. Exactly, thank you. With type three headquarters. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, thank you. So Mario, the way we always start the podcast, uh, and to give our listeners a little bit of background, if you're looking for type three parts and you're in Europe, type three headquarters is the place where you can source most of your NOS, any NOS things that you need and some things you reproduce as well. Uh, Mario, the way we always start the podcast is, what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Yeah, I was 18 years old and uh, my first car was a 1977 Beetle. Uh, that's how I started my air-cooled thing. 
um, because uh, cars were everywhere and they were cheap. And uh, we started to go to VW meetings, to shows. And uh, I was there and looking around and I saw a guy who haven't slept in a tent, he has slept in a square bag. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that, that's a practical thing. Let's buy a square bag. Uh, and that's how it started. I bought a square bag. So uh, it was an early one. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, a 62. You got lucky on your yeah, first purchase. Yeah, uh, bought it accidentally. I, I haven't no idea what I've bought back in the days. And uh, that was the beginning, and I completely stick to it. And what year is this when you bought that car? What year was? Um, it was in 1988. So in 88, you buy a 62 square back. Yes, exactly. So it's a high side marker square back that we've learned from our previous podcast. Yeah. And to get, and so right away, because you know, I think the thing with Volkswagens is everybody's into them and then you get into them and you want to be a little bit different, right? Yes. And exactly. so the, the square back, you looked at it for a utilitarian purpose or were you into customizing and lowering and those types of things? Or at the time you were just happy to have a Volkswagen, a car you could work on yourself and or, or where were you? Yeah. Um, like I said, it, they was cheap and cheap to fix. Uh, I had not money mm -hmm. back in the days. And um, so I start working on it, we lowered it, put on other rims on it. And uh, as I've bought my first square back, um, changed the rims within 40 days to Fuchs wheels and lowered it because you don't need any, any parts to lower right. a Type 3. Yeah. So it was very practical. And uh, yeah, it was a time to be different from all the Beatle guys. Yeah, in, in the 80s, there was, I mean, for every 100 Beatles, maybe you had one custom Beatle or one custom Squareback or mm -hmm. Type 3. Yeah. Because the Type 3s were kind of like, ah, the, I don't know if the Volkswagen people thought they were too difficult or because the engine was pancake is so different, you know, but not a lot of people got it, but everybody wanted to do the same with bugs. And my brother, the, the, the car that got me into the hobby when I looked at the first VW Trends was a, a Squareback because back in the 80s when you look at the square back i look oh i could put a lot of speakers in the back of that mm. thing you know for me that was mm -hmm. what to do and my first car i didn't have a square back for a long time until finally i, I got a square back but um my brother was really really and has always really been a big type 3 guy mm. and i've had some type 34 gears but without question if you drive a beetle and then you get into a type 3 it's a completely different car as far as comfort yeah. driving yeah. handling Space. Yeah, space. I mean, they're, they're, they're unbelievable cars. So you get this car in the 80s, and right out of the gate, you're, you're like, <laughs> you're in the exile group, right? You're the type 3 guy. They're a little different, and then nobody's bringing parts for you, right? I mean, yeah. that's the toughest thing with type 3s, right? Is, is yeah, getting parts. It's always been parts. Yeah. So you get the 62 square back. How soon after you have it do you start really focusing on square backs and parts and mm. trying to do, I mean, mm. is that something like, well, nobody's getting them. So if I see two for sale, I'll buy both. Cause I know somebody wants to buy mm. the other one or how does. No, I've, I've bought another one then to, mm -hmm. to have a second car, one for summer and one for the winter time, because in Bavaria we had a lot of snow in the winter and a lot of salt on the roads. Yeah. So I want to keep the 62 because it was a, a nice condition car. Uh, it was, not welded as as far as I know, and um, so I bought one for the winter, and I was looking for parts because this was a not running car, and a friend of mine told me, oh, I I know of of some Type Three parts. That's all NOS parts, um, but he will sell only the whole lot. I said, okay, where is it located? And it was maybe a three or four hundred kilometer drive, and I drove to there, and uh, all the parts are laying on the floor, and it was a massive stash of NOS parts. And I asked him, uh, how much is it? And he said, uh, we're talking about 700 euros. And what year is this? This is in the late 80s or early um, 90s? Did, this was in the, in the very early 90s. So how many, how, how, what kind of parts are you looking at? I mean, obviously at the time you saw it, did you know what you were looking at? Or you just knew like, it's a lot of parts, I can probably make my money back? Yeah. I, used, I took the parts then I could use and tried to sell to refinance it with selling the other stuff I didn't Was $700 a lot of money to you then? 
back then yes it was a lot of money yeah yeah it was a lot of money so I, I I thought twice to to buy the whole thing because I, I I knew I maybe can use only 20 or 30 percent of the parts they was laying on the floor so I said oh come let's do it and let's try it and this was my first buy and since then this is uh, the special thing with type 3 headquarters buying and selling NOS parts Really? Yeah. And now with buying some of the NOS parts, so that's your first score. And then it always leads to like, oh, yeah, the people call you at the swap meter. They see like, oh, hey, you're at the car show. Someone says, oh, hey, Mara, this guy's got a lot of type three stuff in that booth he's getting rid of. And and you can go there and because nobody's really interested, you're able to buy up a lot of stuff at a good price. And this was the the ball gets rolling since then. And uh, people ask me, oh, I need type three parts. Do you have type three parts? And I said, yes. Oh, you have to look on the on the Samba, and I said, "What's the Samba?" And they said, "Yeah, it's a it's a web page in in America." And I said, "Okay," and then I started advertising stuff on the Samba. Yeah. And my first sale was going to Japan, to Shin from Toa, which is like Type Three Hyper, right. but in Japan. And uh, this was another thing. And I said, "Okay, let's try it on the internet. Sell parts on the internet," and. Um, Yes, it, it worked, and in the meantime, I ship five or six boxes to, to the States, yeah. for example, each week, uh, each day. Really? And, yeah. And this is when? This is what, what year is this? In the early 2000s, I think. So early 2000s, yeah. you're like, oh, I'll try this, I'll try Yeah, I need to some. check my Samba account. There is a... A counter of how, much, yeah, yeah. how many ads you yeah, had? You can, you can see when you started your account. And so you so what year did you start Type Three Headquarters? Uh, it's I mean, 20, what year? Yeah, did you twenty years ago it? in two thousand three, I founded the company because um, I've I've earned too money on selling Type Three parts. So have it. Be and cash. then the the tax men's came and said, ah, you should do found a company because um, it's it's very dangerous in Germany to sell Type Three parts with not right. paying tax on it right so i said okay let's try it and if it's not work i will stop it but uh it works and so here i am <laughs> and so you've been in the you've been in the business 20 years where have you found like what what was the biggest find that you ever ran across and how did it come together mm, sometimes it's like the, the parts find me not really? i find yeah yeah um there was a big company in, in germany it was called dieter schmidt lorenz Fabiteile. And I know Dieter since uh, 15 or 16 years. I was there sometimes in his shop buying parts. Um, and uh, two years ago, he rang me and he said, are you sitting? And I said, yes, I am. Why? And he said, I will stop my company and I will offer all my type 3 parts to you. And he was dealing only with NOS parts really? since 36 years. And uh, I said, okay. Um, Let's talk about it, but yeah. let's do it, talk about it in person. So I drove to Hamburg, met Dieter in his office. I think we closed the deal within 10 minutes. He said one number and I said a number and we met us in the middle. Yeah. Had a headshot and that's it. And I, I've bought uh, 600 different uh, NOS parts. 600? 600 different positions. And close to forty thousand single pieces. Wow! In one deal, it was expensive for sure. But and I know I have some of these parts. I was still in stock. I have in stock in ten years. Yeah. Because there are always parts. They always comes. Yes. Or nobody need, is in need of. Sure. So, but uh, in the end, um, it was um, a very good deal for me and for him as well. So in the early days of, of finding the parts, of finding type three parts in Germany, are, are, you finding mo- are you finding most of the parts in Germany or outside of Germany when in the early days of your doing In this? the early days in Germany only. Really? Yeah. And what, w- what were some of the things like, so now you've got this little side hustle going of these type three parts that you've got a little business because you've got a day job, but you're doing this. Like where, what are you doing to go seek some of this stuff out? Is it just swap me stuff like that? Or are you like constantly looking in the papers or trying to find old car dealerships? Like what, what are you trying to do? Yeah, it's, um, I've, there was building a, a network mm-hmm. around me. I have customers, they are 
checking the internet for me. Uh, it's not like I've never said, do this for me. And they said, uh, I will do it, this for you and, and send you a WhatsApp message. When something interesting appears, you can check it. I have a, a customer who was becoming a very good friend now. Mm -hmm. um, and he sends me five or six uh, adverts for parts. They are advertised in, in, in eBay or eBay Kleinanzeigen. Um, and sometimes he picks stuff up for me and store it at his home and I visit him two or three times a year and pick up the parts there. Yeah, because there's some, some people love the hunting for the parts yes. and some people yeah. love getting the parts and distributing. I, I've had, I, I have people, <clears throat> especially since I've done the podcast, I'll get people to say, oh, hey, I know that you like to buy cars because I buy some cars and I share the information on my podcast with some people and mm. I, a lot of them I buy to keep. And they go, oh, hey, did you want one of these? Because one of these is for sale over here. So I get, I know what you mean. I, I get that fairly often where people are mm. constantly sending me stuff. So <clears throat> going back to like hunting parts and finding parts, let's start with what are some of the most rare parts to find NOS? Like is there, is there some holy grail pieces that if I could find one of these, it would be a miracle? Uh, yes, uh, NOS push button unit, for example. The early um, <coughs> light switches and wiper switches mm -hmm. was uh, a push button setup. Yes. So not the pull switches like up the to 64, right? Up to yes, 64. Early in, they stopped in uh, March or May 64 with a push button. Um, this to find in NOS. You've never seen one? Uh, I had one in, in a box. Really? Yeah. And, uh, and what did it sell for? Oh, it's maybe 10 years ago it, for only 500 euros. And but if you had it today, it probably it, worth 700 euros. Yeah, sure. Easily. You can sell, if you, if you find a, a very nice working push button unit in, in, in good looking and working condition, there gets easily 500 euros today. For a used one? Yes. Wow. If, it, if it looks like a new one, there is a, a small chrome piece mm. around it. And if the screws there and the, the switches are in working condition, you can get 500 euros. Now, was there something wrong with those switches where they were made at the factory, where there was a problem with them? Yeah, or? there was a problem. They, they always were broken. Um, the problem was the, the uh, washer bottle is connected to the push button unit. And if the seal gets brittle, the whole water drains through the push button unit. So they replaced it with the pull button switches the year after. Oh wow! So the early so there's a difference. There's an early and late push button model. Uh, no, they had. Uh, or, a, or the one is a dealer repair. It was a dealer repair. They, they you can buy it as an aftermarket part from ISP today. Yeah. Um, there is a a, um, a plastic frame with brackets for the pull switches. So if oh to convert it to yeah, convert yeah, to it. Convert it. So if the dealership would do that. Yes. Really? Yes. So after the dealership, after Volkswagen stopped making them with push buttons, if you came in with a 64 notch back and your, your switch burnt out because of that, they said, oh, yeah. we have a dealer repair kit and yes. it's converted. And that was a factory thing. Yes. Have you ever seen any of those kits? Yeah, I had, I had some uh, the last years. Really? Yes. And uh, if, if those appears in NOS in a box, it sells like um, one bonds. It's a saying in Germany. It sells if it sells quick. It's a saying. It sells like one bunt. Oh, really? Yeah, one bunt. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That, so, I I didn't know that. I know that ISP West makes a kit for it. I just didn't know that it was actually a factory dealer, mm. like a dealer technical service bulletin. To mm -hmm. if you have this problem with the customer, upgrade to this. Because what's yeah, funny exactly. is we look at modern cars today. You have the same problem. You go to a dealership. There's a problem. They say, oh, th this is a two-year-old model. We came mm. up with a fix for this, and it's no longer that. And then the people in the classic car world say, oh, that's not original to that. But it very well could be yeah. if you had a 1964, was there any wiring with the kit or you just used the newer switches? It used the newer switches. And all the wiring this, worked? This conversion kit was standard in the N models. They never had a push button. Really? Yeah, really. They never put, N models never had push buttons. They always came with the pull switches. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the N model starts when the S model starts to get a cheaper version of a Type 3. And they had pull switches. 
and never the push button setup. I didn't know that. Well, I learned something. New. I, I learned something. I, I learned something new every day. Yeah. Wow. And and so the NOS, the NOS push button dash switch is quite rare. Um, at, at now, is there a difference with you being a Type Three guy? Is there a difference in being an NOS Type Three guy and then a Type Thirty Four guy, or it's all Type Three to you? It's for me. It's it's all the same. So, so yeah, because. A lot of parts you can use on Type 3, you can use on Type 3 as well. Well, I've, I've been amazed with the Type 34 that there's, you know, it's with how few were produced, how many parts are actually available on the market. If you're looking at, like, especially a few years ago, you could find NOS quarter panels, NOS mm -hmm. noses, NOS all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. So I'm surprised, but, you know, Volkswagen had, um, maybe the intention when they produce something, just they would produce X amount of parts for everything. Do you know, do you happen to know what that number would be? What Volkswagen would produce for extra parts if they built a model of something? No, I don't know, I'm sorry. Uh, because I know when I did the podcast with um, Gary Emery, who used to own Porsche Parts Obsolete, he worked at a Volkswagen dealership in, mm. in LA, and he had seen them taking pallet loads of NOS 356 stuff and throwing them in the dumpster mm -hmm. and Porsche said if it's more than nine years it goes in the garbage mm -hmm. you know so I didn't know if if there was uh, maybe a number with that because I know that they would get rid of it too after a certain amount of time so mm. that's that's some wild stuff so we talked about a couple things with type threes and so we may just want to do like a, a basic type three understanding let's just talk about the notch back for mm -hmm. example yeah. and the early notch backs because at my understanding in the stateside after 64, I think they were all S models, right? Was it, what, what did they do and, and when was the, the separation? Because the notchback was, was it originally called the, the 1500? Yeah, 1500. The 1500 mm -hmm. was the, that platform for the Type 3. Yeah. And it was the notchback, the squareback, and the Type 34 Gia mm -hmm. originally. Yep. The, the fastback came in 66. Exactly. And then the end model was in germany i think end model like the rest of the world end model was very basic but i think maybe volkswagen's plan was everything we're going to sell to the u.s is going to be the deluxe version is that right i mean was it because we could afford it or no they start they start in uh, <clears throat> in august 63 with inventing the the 64 model um they start to build the to sell the s model and the end model the basic version because they wanted to be the type three was more expensive than a beetle right and um what was the price of a type three brand new uh, six thousand four hundred deutsche marks compared to a beetle is, was how much was a beetle oh, i don't know i'm not a beetle guy i have no idea i'm sorry but um the type three was more expensive um but it was the more comfortable car too Oh yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's a big difference in driving the Type Three. I mean, that's what that's what one of the things I, I really love about my Type Thirty Four is this just a just the the width of the pan, the more room in the mm. cab, you know. Um, so we start with that. We start with the N and the S model. Uh, the S model is the deluxe. The N, what does N what does N stand for in Germany? I think normal. 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 Yes. And the S is special, or what is S? Yeah, special. Is that what it is? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you pulling it, my leg it, or, are you, or are you being serious? Uh, some some guy said it means super, but I don't think it, it means super. So N actually means normal. Yeah. So normal is like a base model. How base could you, it was just one level of base you could get or you could get, because on the Beatles, some of you get down to having cable brakes up to like 1964, mm -hmm. just craziness. Yeah. How basic did they make? Could you buy a Type 3? Um, yeah, there, there are some differences um, between the S and the N model. Um, you have a single carburetor engine mm -hmm. uh, with uh, 45 instead of uh, 54 horsepower. Uh, then you have painted uh, wind wing windows, no pop-out windows. What color are they painted? Uh, in, in car color. So they're, they're painted to yeah. match the body. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Then no pop-out windows, no seat release cables. No passengers, um, sun visor, no door lock on the right hand door on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's missing. Um, and there is no set armrests, uh, only the same like the Beetle ones with a small chrome strip in it, and no rear armrests. So it would have like a Beetle style armrest? 
Yes, the front ones were Beatles style for end models only. Really? Yeah. Now, I, I don't think I've seen, I mean, especially in the States, I, I haven't seen a lot of end models. Plus, I don't think, I don't think in the States the, the notchback was delivered to the States. I'm not 100% sure. Most, at least in the early years, it wasn't until later, I think, because a lot of the notchbacks were coming through Canada. Yeah, or they came back with uh, soldiers. Military, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah in Las Vegas, Germany. there's a big Air Force base, which is why we mm. ended up with a lot of, you know, Type 34 Gias and stuff like that there because yeah. people would bring them back. But uh, I don't know if I, 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 I don't know for sure, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the notchback was not exported to the no, U.S. You're right, yes. It was never exported officially. They that's, came with uh, that's so private imports. But it's so strange that they would sell. So, so they didn't want to compete with the Beetle? maybe and just to offer the wagon only yeah the uh, the reg regularities in in the u.s was very strict mm -hmm. and um the the notchback was or the type 3 was not safe enough for the american roads really yes that's that's why uh, vw invented the the late model with the bigger bumpers with stiffeners in the in the in the inner fenders in the front um special the five bigger bump, bumper, yeah, yeah. 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 That was a US so this regulation. Is, was for the US market only. Interesting. Yeah. And so with that with the N model, when you're out here in Germany looking for N and S models, because usually everything that we've run into in the States, I haven't seen very many N models. Um, but when you see them in the States, uh, they're usually they're usually the S models that are fairly, you know, fitted out as far as what we know to be a notchback. But it's interesting you said they have a beetle armrest mm. on, and it's driver's side only or just the two front doors and no armrest in the rear? Only the two front doors. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe yeah. you have seen some N models, but you maybe haven't recognized it. Maybe. Yeah, because um, the, the scrapyards were full of cars. And if you have an N model, you could get easily to a scrapyard and remove a trim from another car and put it on your N model to look like the special version. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. that's why not, not many N models left as, uh, as they were built. So even with you being in, this, being in this hobby for how long have you been, you know, 30 years yeah. you've been, yeah, yeah. 35, 40 years you've been in the hobby. Since, since then, how many N models have you run across here in the, in the US? I mean, in, the, in, the, in, in Germany. In Germany. I had one completely original N model with nothing added to it only one out of all how many cars have you owned um in since i'm doing the business i can see it on my web page because the most cars were for sale there was 120 cars online in wow. the last 15 years so you've had 120 cars all type threes passed through yeah, your hand all type threes and one end model one low mileage end model yes one original staying end model. How many how many miles were on it? Ooh, around fifty or sixty thousand kilometers. And how, where did you find that car? Um, it was advertised in in the internet, and a friend of mine lived close to it, and he said, "Oh, I I can go for you and check it out." Um, and so he did, and he rang me and said, "It's a very nice one, and it's completely in original state." I said, "Okay, I will buy it." So that's a story about my only original line model. How long did you have that car? Uh, two years. What made you decide to sell it? <sighs> Another cars came in, less on space. So yeah. I always try to, to find earlier cars or more special cars to add it to my own collection. Sunroof cars are very early ones. And what year was that car? Pardon? What year was the, was the end model you had? Uh, it was a 64. So the, they made S and N up to 64 only, and then after 64, they were all... 64 and 65, <clears throat> and in 66, they told them A model, but I don't know why. So it was it, never sold as N anymore, so they sell it as A model. But, but so that you could still get a stripped down 67 square back, I mean square back, a notch back. You can get a standard, or they stop with the standard? They, they stopped with a standard, I think, in 68. Oh, so in, you could you could still find a '66 notchback yes. standard. Yeah, if you're lucky enough, you can. Find <clears throat> but really, most of the people, I mean, the dealerships wouldn't display that car. That was a special order. Probably you came in like, well, I want to buy the notchback, but I can't afford it. The this model, so we'll go. Do you know what the price difference was between an S and an N model? 
when they were new? Um, I think it was 800 Deutschmarks, which means 400 euros. But how much was a week's pay? Like that's like a month's pay. Yeah, around that. Hmm. So it, was, it means a fairly savvy financial decision to get the cheaper one, right? If you're especially back then, they were mostly probably buying cars cash. Hmm. I doubt they were financing too much. Um, now we yesterday we had a discussion about the what everybody refers to as Pagali interiors, mm -hmm. and what is what is the the story of Pagali interiors? Like what is that? It's known in the hobby as mm. the red or the teak interior, right? Yeah. But it can't just, it's not just seat covers. It's seat covers, steering wheel, shifter. No, steering column, armrests. This is all, uh, all in, the, in the red color or in brown color. Is the emergency brake the same color? No. No, it's standard gray. It's the standard gray. Yeah. So it's going to be the armrest, the steering column, and the steering wheel are all matching the same as the upholstery. Yes. And there was two colors available. Uh, yes. For Pigali, it was uh, black and pearl white. And for um, the teak version, it was pearl white and sea sand. The exterior color of the car? Yeah. So only pearl white and sea sand yeah. would have. And so pearl white and sea sand, if you, if you have a car that's pearl white or sea sand, there's a probability it could have a teak interior. Yeah, no, you, you can uh, order the teak interior for was it, what, two colors only. Was it an option code? Uh, yes, but I don't know the code. It's, it, it was never sold as Pigali. It was always sold as um, leatherette red. So Pigali is, is not a, a VW thing. It's only what the, the people said to, to this. Yeah. So Pigali is a name that the hobby has given to it. It's, yes. It was never sold through Volkswagen. Like yeah, that. And exactly. so probably Because I remember when my car, I had a car published in Volksworld that had red interior and they referred to it in England as a tartan's handbag which is like, I guess, like a prostitute's purse, mm -hmm. you know, with the red colors we discussed, yeah. that you said Pagali is Italian for like red light district. French. French, Fre yes. From French, yeah. It's, Pigali is a, is a district in Paris, mm -hmm. which is called Pigali. That's it. And there was a German song in the early 60s, uh, which, well, which saying Pigali, Pigali yeah. all the time and describing going to the red light district interesting yeah and that's what maybe the people saying because everything was red red light district yeah. so they're saying it's pigali that's interesting and the leatherette option would be for the red yes. and the teak is called teak yeah because the the made of the clothes is called teak it was available in different colors in uh, platinum and in azure which means a light blue so it was still a two-tone interior uh, yes. On the, the seats. The teak was uh, the option with a brown or with a black dashboard and uh, steering column, armrests and, and stuff like that. Uh, you could order a season car with the teak colored seats, but with a black dashboard. P Pigali was 45 Dodge marks on top. The red interior yeah. was only 45 Dodge marks, which means 23 euros. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but today, if you know a Pigali car, it's thousands of euro more than a standard interior. Really? Yeah. And that might be some of the debate, right? Well, the dashboard is not supposed to be black, right? Mm -hmm. That would be some of the arguments people would make before they researched it. Mm -hmm. Now, how, did, how were you able to put all this together? Did, did VW ever put out a brochure or anything that described these special interior options? Yeah, it was because I saw uh, on an on a original order receipt, it was only called as Kunst, Kunstleder red, which is mean uh, red leather red uh, interior. But um, I've never seen in person uh, a Pigali uh, prospect or um, brochure. Interesting. So I wonder if it would be, and did those only come certain years? Uh, it was an option for half a year. Only for half a year? Yes. In what, what year is a Pigali car? 66. So it's 66 only? Yes. And did they do any other cars like that? Did they do Beetles like that too? Um, yeah, Beetle was available also as a Pigali or as a Teak model. Yeah, but in 66 only. But 66, they did some upholstery changes, like with the seaming and stuff like that. Like yeah, I said the, the shape of the seats is a bit different than the earlier cars. Interesting. So there's a lot of layers to like VW, like, hey, let's try this option. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it's never available in notchbacks, only on fastbacks and squarebacks. So you could never get N-Type 34 gears? It's the same, yeah. And always in 66 for half a year. 
and now and then they stopped it maybe it was too expensive or, or slow, slowed down production yeah maybe yeah i wonder that's a that's an interesting yeah they probably ran out of one steering column on a production line and got upset because mm -hmm. it stopped the whole production line for one steering column mm -hmm. Now, we talked also yesterday about some other options. We started talking about Type 34s for a minute, and you said there's, there was a Type 34 that I saw here that I'm hoping it may still be here, that, uh, the, the beige one with the, the goldy sunroof. Yes, um, it's owned by a custom and uh, very well-known German person here. It's a common gear collector. Uh -huh. And um, you, you could, I know another person, one has a sunroof, a goldy sunroof in 63, mm -hmm. But Carmen Gear never built sunroofs in '63. So if you so get, you, you it, can deliver your car to the Goldie factory, and they built a sunroof or a folding roof so, into your Type 34. So they would do either or steel roof or cloth roof, or just cloth roof. Goldie. Uh, uh, Goldie makes sunroofs, mm -hmm. and uh, as well the folding roof. Wow. So the so I saw Type 34 out in the parking lot, and I said look at that rag top and then i was kind of joking thinking like why would they put a rag top in that you know what i mean and you were telling me that that could have been could have very well been a dealer add-on yeah. to that sunroof and they made those cloth folding so when he says goldie sunroof you guys are listening that is a the cloth style folding rag top correct the correct. goldie yes. yeah and so that's that's pretty surprising to me and i'm hoping the car may still be here and i could get some pictures i don't know but my lucky probably left already but i, I wanted to get some pictures yeah from he it, left it, yesterday but i can well, i saw the car this morning i saw the car this morning when i was pulling yeah. in okay maybe he's, it was he's, here he wasn't so. stayed in the hotel because he said he will go home maybe he means going to the hotel yeah so i'm gonna i want to i want to check it out and get some pictures of that because i don't I, i'm interested on the the cloth sunroof option because i think that's Cool. And is it one fold or two folds or two fold? I think yeah. so. It's two little tiny folds. Yes. That is interesting. Yeah. The type 34 had only a, a very small roof. Did they do that? Short one. Did, would they do that on a notchback or uh, notchbacks or fastbacks? No, not, not, not that as I know. Um, the, the sunroofs was uh, who was in, in type threes was from Goldie also. The you steel, can see the steel the, sunroofs. Yeah. On the, on the handle, it's a, a small Goldie. thing with Goldie. Yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting. Volkswagen switched to the steel sunroof in 1964. You know, I, I, yes. I have a 64 Beetle, which I, I've never seen them advertised very, very much like this. But I think they're they're quite rare because 64 is the only year for a Beetle. It's a small sunroof. It's a small window steel sunroof. Because hmm. in 65, they increased the window sizes and it's a steel sunroof. So 65 and later is pretty, you're not getting anything other than the steel hmm. sunroof. But to the 64 steel sunroof to me is a, it's interesting because it's a one year only kind of car. So it's a small window with the steel crank roof. Yeah. I, I've never seen them advertise like this is what makes this car special and worth more money, but I would think they would be worth more money. Mm. But we know that with Volkswagen probably having contracts with Goldie for these roof sections, that this was being in 1964, that's when, is that the first year you can get a sunroof in a, in a Type 3? No, in a Type 3 they started in 1962. So you can get sunroofs all the way up to 1962? Yes. Wow. I have a December 62 car with an original sunroof. And in the Type 3, they were manually operated? Uh, yes, manually, and always. only in the Type 34 were they electric? Yes. And they use this, is it the same motor they used for the 911 or the Porsches at the time? Oh, I don't know. I wonder. I would think that Goldie would use the same motors. Yeah, they, they built sunroofs for, for other companies too, so why not uh, BMW or Mercedes? So do you manufacture parts as well? Have you started to manufacturing parts or you just try to focus mainly on the... No, I, I've started doing reproduction because uh, a customer asked me, do you have uh, this special part like the outer window scraper? Right. Um, they're always broken because there's a very thin um, rubber lip. And uh, everybody puts their arm on yeah, it. Yeah, puts the arm on it and they, they fell in pieces. And the inner ones was available already and a customer of mine asked me, he's on a, uh, they're working for a car company and doing rubber stuff. He said, if you're in need of something, let's talk about and maybe we can do something together. And uh, so I shipped uh, one of those outer scrappers to him and he said, I need this part. Let me know how much is, how much it is to, to make reproductions. And you those. need both a left and a right. No, he can, uh, it, it's the same left and right, but Oh, only is it just flat? 
No, it's uh, left and right uh, one, but he can, I don't know the correct word, it likes mirroring mm -hmm. to make a left to a right one. And right. And so he did, and he sent two or three samples um, and said, are you happy with this? And I installed it and I said, oh, no, we'd some, we'd, we need to do some changing because I always do my logo on these parts and I want to have them make it fit from the first attempt and a long lasting one. So um, th that's why we have two or three samples before we made a production of it. And we, we discussed a little bit about rubber parts yesterday because there's some rubber parts in the market. You get them and six months later, they're cracked on your car, mm. you know, which is kind of frustrating because we pay a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I think especially with the people in the hobby now, they're willing to pay a little bit more. I don't think they have a problem to pay 20% yeah. more for stuff that's guaranteed to be good quality. Yeah, and that's a big problem. <clears throat> and that's why we are to do the, the toolings and the rubber stuff, everything in Germany, because... Um, the, well, you can't trust China. They're just going to, yeah, listen, we'll just say what it is. I mean, they, yeah, I, I don't want to squeeze out the last cent to make a, right. as much as. Uh, yeah, it's not important profit. to cut to so, cut quality to yeah, get. To yeah. me, it's important. It's a long lasting and, and fitting part. Yeah. You no, know, I think that's important. That's one of the frustrations that I've had, that the, the VW community is so committed to buying good quality stuff. Mm. And they're so used to being given bad quality everything. Yeah, you, you couldn't make a hundred thousands of them because not as much Type 3 is left. Right. So if you're doing a reproduction, you can 500 pairs of those and you have them for years. You think? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've, the, first, the first production was 500 pairs and I'm very low on those at the moment and they were available for four years maybe so it took four years to sell 500 pairs yeah but how many people know that you have them i think a lot knows, think? yeah yeah the the first 200 pairs were sold in in weeks now how, how are you tracking uh because with what you do it's kind of specialty with type three type three headquarters how are you able to uh get your because when I look at your logo, I remember your logo because I can't remember if it's, it's probably the Samba where I see your logo a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you sell on eBay too. Yeah, it's on, on every, uh, every advertisement is, is a picture of my logo. I've seen the logo, so maybe that's, that's where I've seen the logo. And I've, uh, I, I'm just because I've got a Type 34. You don't sell much Type 34 stuff? Um, mostly the, the same is like type 3 stuff mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it happens uh, to to get my fingers on NOS parts for type 34 doesn't happen often mm -hmm. but sometimes it's happened but as soon as you offer it for sale it's gone uh, it takes minutes and they are sold I know on my gear my type 34 uh, Lee had sent me a, I think it was Lee sent it to me or maybe somebody online I bought it from but there's a, a striker plate on the front hood that the that was made of plastic that mm -hmm. the that the hood release rides on mm -hmm. when you pop the hood. Uh, is anybody making those? Are you familiar with that part? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, no. Most parts um, available as aftermarket is rubber stuff for Type 34. Yeah, this piece was like a like a Bakelite. I mean, almost like you could you could 3D print it maybe. You know. Yeah, maybe. But. Uh, I think with that, with the with the technology of 3D printing and stuff like that, I think we have an opportunity to get a lot more types prototyped and then produced. Yeah, if if the material is strong enough and long lasting enough, you you can. Well, and what's the difference? You have a friend that's in the rubber business. Did he say that there's a difference between making rubber 30 years ago, 50 years ago, versus making rubber now? Uh, yeah. Um, All the environmental changes. Yeah, the problem is if, if you have a complicatedly uh, complicated shaped rubber, mm -hmm. uh, they are saying we are not able to do this because you need a lot of toolings to make this one rubber. So the problem is there are not many Type 34s around, and you, you could it's the same like Type 3. You, you couldn't produce thousands of them because how many Type 34 left? Wow, but oh, let's say if a guy made brand new dashboards, how many people need dashboards for Type 34s? A lot. Almost, I would say 80% of the cars, if they have nice dashboards, they might have been rebuilt or put underneath. And if someone said, I've got brand new reproduction dashboards that are exactly the same as factory. Yeah, but I, I think 
they, they would be very expensive. And um, we, we tried this with a Type 3 dashboard. And the tooling. Oh, did you try? Because that's where I was going with this question. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we tried it and did 3D measurements on it, but we couldn't find a company who can make a, a, big, to, a big tool to, to reproduce a dashboard. It's a bit easier on maybe armrests, uh, paddings, right. uh, but for a complete dashboard, it's get a horrible amount of money to, to make this tooling. Yeah, and then by the, I mean, if you're fifty, sixty thousand dollars making the tooling, yeah. how many sets are you gonna make to make that up? Yeah, right. You can sell maybe one hundred of them. Yeah, everyone no, you, wants to make a profit, so right. The company no, you, who makes a tool well, yeah, wants you, to make profit. You have to make too. money, right? Yeah. You can't do it without making a profit. That yeah, that's uh, that's that's an interesting perspective to look at on it because, you know, but I think with I, I just keep thinking with technology today. There's got to be some way that a guy could, you know, CNC machine it out of foam and then wrap it plastic, mm. you know. But you need a, a metal inlay also for the dashboards. It's not for only the, bolts, the foam. Right, yeah. for the boat, for yeah. the bolt to it's go a, in there. There was a um, rubber dashboards available a while ago for in the late model style, but you can make a note in it. It's completely made of rubber. And uh, yeah. if you screw it down and the sun shines on it, it comes up. It starts to, pu <laughs> yeah. it, it starts to yeah. pucker or flower. Yeah, yes. that's wild. Yeah, there's, there's so much to be, and that's kind of the struggle. It's like there's so much that can be made in the parts section, but it's like putting the money out to do it and then hoping to recoup the cost back. So talking about cars and cars that you've owned and had what's in your collection now um in my collection now is a december 63 notchback mm -hmm. a 64 notchback in completely original state had only one repaint other than that carpet floor mats everything is in excellent shape and that's the car you have here today uh no that's another one that's a different one yes um, then I have uh, another, the 64 I have here on show. Uh, it's a ruby red with a black roof. Then I have exactly the same car at home for my girlfriend. It's a ruby red one with black roof and a sunroof option. Wow. Uh, I have a 68 uh, sunroof square back. Um, How rare is a 68 sunroof? Uh, sunroof square backs doesn't come often for sale because the square back was a little more expensive than a notchback. Right. And normally it, it was a worker's car for little companies to put your tools in it. And they always try to save money so they haven't ordered the sunroof option. Or it was family cars. If you have more kids than one, or two or three kids, and you need a space because you want to go on holiday, you save the money for the, for the uh, sunroof and ordered it without. So do, is there a place where you have production numbers for any of this stuff written down? Where there's any of this data that's been put together or no? Mm, I'm, I'm not really into, into numbers mm -hmm. uh, if it comes to, to uh, numbers for cars, how many were produced or stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, because I, I understand the sunroofs are pretty rare uh, in respect to the Type 3s. Just in general, there, there wasn't a lot of those already done. Um, we talked about two-tone. You told me on, on your car that you've got out here, it's black with a, it's, it's red with a black roof. Mm -hmm. The two-tone option they offered only in notchbacks from what years? Uh, they was in, available on squareback too, but only in 64 and 65. So you could get a, you could get a, a squareback with a different color roof. Yeah, exactly. And I, what, I what have, was the color combinations? Um, mostly were ordered the color combination was, uh, was uh, for white and black roofs only. It depends on the on the body color. Mm -hmm. You could order um, a sea blue car with a white or with a, a black roof. The same on a Nutria car, um, ruby red, golf blue. Wow, I didn't even know. So you had the option of black and white in either of those color combos. Mm -hmm. Is it in the brochure written like that to do it as an yes, option? Yes, there's a brochure where you can choose the roof colors. Interesting. And the uh, interior stuff, because you could order leatherette or the close interior. And what, in that 66 only? No, in the 64 and 65. 64 and 65? No, yeah, 64 and 65, correct. Okay. Yeah. 66 as long is, as the S model were available. Yeah, 66 was the one that uh, 
66 is the one where the Pagali was yeah, for six months. Yeah, That's interesting. I like the, uh, I like um, the two-tone option. I don't think I've ever seen a factory two-door, two-door, uh, two-tone square back. Mm. You have one, you said? Um, I had one, mm-hmm. uh, but it sold and swapped to another car. Really? It was a bit earlier, so, but it's, uh, it's what do you mean, uh, easy to, to repaint car? the roof in, a, in another part. They repainted the car? Yeah. Is that what you mean, swapped another car? Mm-hmm. They got rid of the two-tone color? No, I, was, I wasn't rid of it, but there was a, another earlier car I want to get. And so there, there is a number on cars where the, the workshop is full. Right. So one needs to go to get another in. Any, uh, so they, they had a couple prototype notchback convertibles. Yes, um, did people are talking about six of them. Did they ever make it out to the hands of the public? No, they was handed out to, to um, executives for yeah, yeah, for, for companies like Mahawk or Rafa in Hamburg, which was big dealerships, and uh, they was handed out to them. Has anybody tracked those down? Uh, yes, there's a guy in Germany who was tracking on uh, the notchback and uh, Type 34, Type 34 convertible. This guy is owning a Type 34 convertible, one of the real ones, not, really? not the Lorenz ones. What condition was it in? Uh, it was in yeah poor condition, but now it looks like it came from the factory line. Really? Yes. Yeah, I, I'd love to take a look at the Type 34 convertible. I mean, I think they're... They're, uh, I mean, I'm not a convertible guy. I don't like mm. convertibles, mm. but I think it would be interesting to see, uh, to see one of those yeah, in person. Convertible is just a half car. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wonder. But I, w- I would love to, to have one of the original Type Three ones, but they completely disappeared. And the the guy who is tracking the numbers mm-hmm. of uh, the trees knows where they were scrapped. And have no pic- yeah, yeah, and have pictures of them on the scrapyards. No, I've seen those pictures, and it's uh, that hard is, to see. That is awful. Yeah, very hard to see. I mean, for those cars to end up going to executives and then just to be scrapped. Yeah. Wow, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts a lot. Yeah. So with what with what you're doing, how have you seen the the industry getting with Type Three parts? I mean, you've got Alex ISWS reproducing a bunch of stuff, yeah, right? He, he's doing a lot of he's, reproduction. He's now. kind of the 800-pound gorilla in in the <laughs> in the industry, right? Like the big guy mm. for Type Three stuff, and he's really produced a lot. I haven't had Alex on the podcast, but well, I'm, I'm sure I'll have him yeah. soon enough. But uh, he definitely puts a lot of production into it. And and the tough thing with producing things, you've got to have the financial money up front to put it, the mm-hmm. customer base to get it put out there, and then. Uh, the, the the connections to make it all to put it all together um what uh so you started producing window scrapers mm-hmm. and what else what else, what else have you produced yeah we started the first one was the the plug for the timing hole in the engines because it always was missing mm-hmm. um then we had some uh, pressure rubbers so rings for the for the front beam uh, then rear ones and then the outer scrapers Oh, nice. So, yeah. those, so all those parts you had reproduced. Yes. And you have resources to go to for a rubber manufacturer. It's just weighing the odds of like, is it worth it to put the money to? Yeah, I've talked to Alex some years ago. So because in the same year I was uh, bringing the timing hole plug on the market, mm-hmm. Alex did the same. Oh, so really? we talked together and <coughs> said it doesn't make sense to have two companies who make them because maybe we, we should talk together and... Uh, doing one one company is doing one rubber and another company is doing another one i think it's more helpful for the for the type 3 community did you look at alex's part yes alex is buying parts from me and i'm buying parts from him but the the timing cover you guys did was there a difference in the quality between the one he had made and you had made i haven't uh, uh, any from isp you didn't you didn't look at his no because i i had to make two or three hundred I mean, of them though yeah no well I was, i'm just curious the difference in quality right because his are not made in germany and yours mm. are made in germany right mm. so i'm i'm just curious that the the level of quality and the difference that would be an interesting thing to take into consideration um and just to see what you get made overseas and what you get made in germany mm. I'm curious, just based yeah, on. but I never had one of these plugs in hand. Now, um, but I think it's the same. He he tried to to get the the best quality he can get for his money. 
Now, another one of the options that they have is a type three TAC. Is that a real option? Um, yeah, I don't know the, the price, how much they was back in the days, but if you find one today, they are pretty expensive. What's a Type 3 TAC sell for? If you had, a t if you had an NOS Type 3 TAC, what it's, what's it worth? Um, there are two different ones available, one from the company Gossen mm -hmm. and one from the company uh, VDO. Early style, later style. Um, yeah, selling those with the original box easily can reach 1,000 euros. Type 34, more than that. That's insane. For a type yourself, type 34 one, because it looks a bit different and has this small pin in the middle of the tag. Yeah. Now, what do you think, I mean, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that's going to affect the future of this hobby from you? Like, where do you see this hobby going in five years? It depends on the re regulations uh, of your country, because um, in, in Germany it's, it's getting more complicated or more expensive to, to running a classic car, because fuel gets expensive now, um, and uh, if you have um, regulations that makes it more complicated to register a, a classic car, this may be other countries. I think in, in the States there are so many classic cars and they had a different meaning to, to classic cars, maybe. Right. And I mean, you've got several classic cars. Is it expensive to own multiple cars in Germany? It depends on if you register every car. You can own it, that's not a problem. But if you try to register it, you have every two years to go to technical inspection. And uh, they are checking if it's roadworthy. Lights are working, brakes are working. If the ball joints uh, in okay condition. But if, if you have a car and if you have more cars and don't register it, it doesn't, it's not a problem. But you can't drive them? Yes. You cannot drive them if they're not registered? Not re you need to register every car. You can have um, a dealership license plate. It, it's, it's red instead of the normal yeah, black I, ones. I have one. Yeah, and you can drive every car you have with these license plates. But it's not very legal it's, because it's, yeah, listen, it's only a workshop license plate, you know. You have one? Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest way to, ha to have these cars. I mean, I was fortunate enough. I got a, I've got a friend that's got a, a dealer's license, and I was able to get on his dealer's license. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, with the regulations, it's making it tough. Um, but as far as uh, – it's interesting. At this time in the market, I've never seen so many parts available. There's a lot of stuff available yeah. compared to 15 years ago, what's available for everything, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's type threes with what Alex is reproducing and all these, uh, all these other, uh, you, know, um, you know, CSP. I mean, I saw stuff CSP was doing that I had no idea that they were doing. So there's, there's a, a substantial amount of people that uh, are bringing things to the table. What do you think's missing? If, if you could produce this thing X cheaply, you'd sell a million of them. What would it be? Yeah. Dashboards. Dashboards. Yeah, dashboards. If you, could, the thing. if you could get them made cheap enough, you could sell all of them. I think so, yes. What's, the, what's, the, what's the price on them? Um, like you find an NOS dashboard, what's it going to sell for? It depends, depends on the year because they have some changing. Uh, there are four or five different Type 3 dashboards available. What's the year splits on them? 62, 64? Uh, 61 to 65. 61 to 65. Uh, 66, 67. Mm -hmm. Uh, 68 to 71 and the very late one with the uh, special speaker grill. So you would basically need two for the early ones if all you were doing was the early ones. I would do the super early ones, the so-called wraparound dashboard. Yeah. I've sold one recently to the States for it was really in perfect shape, looked like brand new for 1200 euros. Holy smokes. Plus smack. the shipping. And 1,200 euros is, what are, they, are we at one-to-one one now, or are we one-to-one point two? The euro to the dollar. Mm, 1.1, one, I think. 1.1, so it's about 10% yeah. more of that, yeah. so it's about $1,100. That's still a lot of money for a dashboard. Yeah. That's crazy. I found an NOS one recently, and I've posted the unboxing on my Instagram account. I'm going to have to follow it. Uh, I had a lot of requests for how much it is, but 
I haven't valued it. Or what, what <laughs> no. would it be? What, what do you think? What would be your number if somebody said I, I know, want it? There is. I mean, there's always a number. If someone said I'll give you five thousand dollars for it. It's gone, right? Sure. Right, but the reality for, is, I think for less. Yeah. Also. But if somebody says fifteen hundred, I think the right person would pay this for a nice yeah. dashboard. If they're, they're with the for the right car. Yeah. No, I mean it's. There's a lot of stuff out there that everything, the market's depending on what someone's willing to pay. And with people getting really focused on doing restorations, some people are just to the point, they're so deep into it, they don't care now at this mm. point. Like, who cares yeah. how much it costs? I just want the piece and I want it done. Any, uh, any parts that you plan to be making or looking at making in the future? Uh, not at the moment. Um, because of the, the big stash I've bought from the Schmidt-Lorenz company. And that was recently? Uh, two years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, one and a half years ago. Um, I'm still having boxes that I've not checked what's inside. So, if if I want to find NOS parts, I only need some boxes in my workshop. <laughs> That's insane. So you don't even know everything you have. He just kind of showed you. I, a big I think pile I know ninety percent of the parts I have, but others are in boxes I never. Anything opened. you got that really surprised you? Yeah, I'm, sometimes I'm surprised how many parts are stashed away, are still stashed away. Yeah. I was in Luxembourg recently buying some, some boxes full of NOS parts and was surprised I, I could find some Type 34 NOS parts, even some uh, short pieces of door seals. What did you find? Uh, it, it's like how it's often a, a customer called me and said, oh, I know a guy in Luxembourg. I've made a front beam for him and he told me he has some type 3 parts if he knows a person who would buy the whole stash not only single pieces so big, the whole stash and I said yeah send me send me some pictures and he did and I contacting the guy and I said mm, yeah thank you for the pictures but can you do a list what you are have I said yes it's not a problem and sent me a list of eight pages with NOS parts numbers and uh, quantity so eight it pages. makes eight pages. Yes, it makes it very easy to to value the whole stash. Absolutely. And they said, How much do you want? And we agreed uh, to a to a okay price for him and for me. That's incredible. And is that what you're selling here today? Is a lot of NOS parts? Yes. What do you have? A lot of late model stuff. Um, I'm more specialized in the in the early model stuff because late NOS models, uh, late uh, NOS stuff, doesn't appear that often. Yeah, I was just I'm curious if that it's, was. It's maybe because of the low numbers. It was late model were only uh, the late model is from seventy one, uh, from nineteen seventy to seventy three. So it's only built for four years. Four years, and what's the production number on those cars? Do you know? I don't know. Really low. You said your first Beetle was a seventy seven. Yes. In the U.S., they only produced twelve thousand seventy seven Beetles. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. You got rid of a really rare card. Do you still know yes, that card? Yes, but uh, no, I didn't recognize. I was very surprised yesterday evening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seven, it's the la I was surprised to find out that was the last year they built the Beetle with a steel, with like a steel roof. Like after mm. that, seventy, uh, seventy-eight, seventy-nine, they only built convertibles. They didn't build any mm. any hardtop sedans. Mm. Crazy. You let it go. Yeah. What we don't know, we don't know. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sell it to a friend, and he he crashed it, unfortunately. Uh. <laughs> that's out of control yeah well you know anything you want to so if people want to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you uh, mostly they're sending emails or message me through Instagram or the, my uh, Facebook account and your type 3 headquarters on all of the above yes on Facebook T3HQ so T3HQ on Facebook yes and then on Instagram same T3HQ T3HQ Mario T3HQ Mario how does a German guy get an Italian name that's my last. That's my <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing. Um, as my mother came into hospital for, for the birth, um, normally the plant name was Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, but on the same day, another Marcus was born, and she said, Oh, I couldn't name him Marcus also, so that was Mario. And my grandmother was completely shocked. Why you give this boy a name from an Italian? <laughs> Well, that's what I was in it with. I got introduced. I thought, I've never met a German guy named Mario. Did you get a lot of flack growing up? 
being named Mario in Germany? No, it wasn't. People were like, oh, that's a cool name. You're not a Klaus. You're no, not a- no, no. I, I, I would be more happy without naming Mario because my brother is Thomas. Yeah, so he got a regular more, name. Yeah, but it wasn't that. It's the same with me. My, my brother's name is George, and I got Vasilios. So my, yeah, my dad used to call me Bill, so I changed it to Bill. I changed it to Billy when I was a kid, and Bill. I, going to school in America with the name Vasilios, it's not a good time. Yeah, not a good time. <laughs> can't imagine. No. So well, that's great, man. I'm glad we got a chance to sit down and talk, and uh, I'm looking forward to you know seeing any of the new finds that you have. And if you ever come up with anything that you get a big stash load of something, and and you want to say, hey, Bill, this is Mara. I just want to check in real quick. We do a five minute segment. You can come on and we can talk about a big load of stuff that you got. Advertise it to all my listeners. And if you guys are wanting to follow him, you guys got his Instagram and you got his uh, Facebook. So make sure you guys follow Type3HQ and, uh, and you know, pick up some parts for your, your Type 3s. Mario, Thank I you. appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. If you like that podcast, and I'm sure you did, make sure you share this podcast with any of your friends. It might be in the Type 3 stuff. We love when you guys share the podcast. There's no better way to grow our podcast than having our listeners share it with all their friends in the VW hobby. So I appreciate it from you guys. If you haven't had a chance, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. If you enjoy this podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts. Sign up if you need to, but leave us a five-star review. Leave your name in the review so when we read your review, we give you a shout-out proper. So appreciate you guys. Lots of cool stuff coming up. If you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com. You can pick up some merch over there. Um, other than that, big things happening, man. Just dropped my car off this week to get shipped to the UK. It's on its way, the Type 34 Gia. So 2024, we'll be doing some cool things in the UK with my Type 34 debuting at a show out there. So I'm excited for that. But we'll get into that uh, on another podcast coming up here shortly. So until next week, guys. Later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen.